Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. Happy Black History Month. Yes, we'll be spending the next month talking about some of the very best black TV shows and cartoons. This week we're focusing on the ladies as we talk out all night, starring the legend that is Patti LaBelle. And we also talk Wonder at Large and Eve. Yes, the TV show starring the rapper with the same name. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, thanks. How are you? Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Another stellar week. <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, I would say underrated for many reasons. But I guess, yeah, we'll we'll get into why they may have been underrated when we talk about each show. But I just wanted to ask, I'll probably ask you when we're doing the thing anyway. Had you heard of Patty LaBelle? Yes, yes, but I... What about Eve? Eve, no, but Wanda... Wanda Sykes. She's in Blackish, so I knew her from there. Okay, so you didn't know Eve and her musical accomplishments? No, of course not, no. <laughs> yes, yes, oh, I'm glad you said of course not, yeah. But yeah, obviously, Patti LaBelle, legend. Yeah, right, so we've got to talk about um, Tyson Fury Wilder. Yes. Right, Black History Month and all that. Not great for Black, Black History Month for the second time this month. <laughs> you know, I mean, he didn't lose any belts. Letting the side down. What a, uh, what an amazing match. This was like one of the best boxing matches I've ever seen. Ever yeah. seen. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I mean, I had a funny feeling that Wilder might win. Because I thought that Tyson Fury might not be concentrated because obviously he had his heart and his mind set on Anthony Joshua. They had pretty much signed on the on the dotted line that they were going to fight. It was happening. But then their obligations kind of came in the way with um, Joshua having to fight Usyk and Fury having to fight Wilder. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how much I believe that that was an issue until Eddie Hearn probably wanted it to be an issue. Um, I mean, oh, no, no. I think, I think, I think, I think it's very plausible. I mean, look, Usyk was a skilled fighter, and he deserved to beat Anthony Joshua. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind when I say that. But it's very conceivable that Anthony Joshua had his mind firmly on that big money fight because that would have been what the biggest heavyweight fight, not only in the UK's history for the last like, twenty years, I think, of all time. With the money involved, but it's, it's let's face it. Let's be perfectly honest. It's going to be career-ending for Anthony Joshua, right? If he steps into the ring with him anytime soon, do you know what? Forget Tyson Fury. I think Deontay Wilder beats Anthony Joshua. I think that Deontay Wilder could beat any other heavyweight other than Tyson. Yeah, Fury. yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, we're, we're we're saying oh Black History Month and kind of mocking it, but I think Deontay Wilder deserves so much credit. The dude. Did not give up that easily. He kept getting back up. He floored Tyson Fury twice in the fourth round. In one round. round. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. But the only thing I don't like about it is that he was he was very unsportsmanlike when he, when he, in his defeat. That's the only thing. But I don't from... know. Let me play devil's advocate. Obviously, the, the saying is, show me a good loser and I show you a loser. So in that sense, maybe I can understand Wilder's frustration because obviously he put a lot into this fight. This was it for him in terms of like challenging 
for the heavyweights. So maybe it's a case of, yeah, it's, it's one of those show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser type situation. But obviously, being British, we have to be sportsmanlike and fair play. And That's true. After, I mean... all, after all, the British did invent all of that. So, but but with with that is it's like that version of Deontay Wilder. I think he beats Anthony Joshua. He beats Usyk. He beats um, Dylan White. He beats Andy Ruiz. All of them. He beats them. Absolutely, but he just I, I completely agree. Tyson Fury. Yeah, Tyson Fury is by far, in my opinion, the best heavyweight that's been for many many years. Yeah, he's he is like up there, up there now. He's like Lennox Lewis, Lennox Lewis level of like elite. British heavyweights. Yeah, well, Lennox Lewis was the last unified champion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, undisputed or unified? Undisputed. He had all the belts, basically. Yeah, so he's he's a unified champion, and obviously undisputed. Yeah, if yeah, I think Lennox Lewis did get all the belts. Yeah, he was the last undisputed heavyweight world champion, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, and and I think yeah, Tyson Fury's up there now with, with 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 all of those guys. Yeah. But it's it's a case of yeah. Do you know? Do you know they say um, behind every great man is a is a woman cheering him on or whatever they say. You could hear Tyson Fury's wife cheering him the minute when he when he gets that scores a knockdown in the third round. You can hear his wife going absolutely crazy, and I think that's amazing. Just his, his wife is the loudest person in that in that arena. I think that's, that's amazing. Right. Fellas, get you a girl that's gonna scream and shout when you knock someone out. That's 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 the way. But no, what was what was I gonna say? Because like I like yeah, Wilder for me had it the first round. Then it was Fury. Then it was ten eight Fury. Then it was ten seven Wilder. And then from that point, I had it Fury all the way. I, I did as well. I think one of the other judges scored the ninth round to Wilder because he finished strong, but I, I he did still didn't have the round for me. Oh no no no! The one the what the what the last one, the ninth round. Do you know when he? Um, f- oh no! Yeah, he finished really strong, Wilder. But yeah, I still had that fury. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, like that's what like that's what boxers tend to do: try to steal the round and catch the judge's eye in the last few seconds. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's a it's very much a thing that boxers will try and nick the round if it's. That's why they tap the thing probably in the last ten seconds, right? No, no, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those, yeah. Right, let me let me try and catch the judges. Well, the thing is, Deontay Wilder was in his, which is why I like the fight so much. Deontay Wilder put up a good fight, and he was on his best form. Like he 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 had his best answers, but they weren't enough. Which is why the fight was so good in the in the second fight. Perhaps I think maybe Fury caught him off guard a little bit, and um, excuses, excuse whatever, uh, whatever they said, horseshoe in the glove. Yeah. Well, the weight, the weight, he couldn't handle the weight and I think it was similar again that Tyson was just bigger than him and he would just lean on him and have all of his weight on him on top of him and yeah that's that's what Joshua should have done against uh, Usyk to be honest well he signed off to uh you know he signed off on a rematch anyway so the rematch is happening he is going to face but I think I think the only way I think that finishes Usyk be a heavyweight be a heavyweight that's the only chance I give him I don't know if he's got the skills to box Usyk. So it behooves Anthony Joshua to be that big, bulky heavyweight. You need to bully him, right? Just yeah, need to... yeah, absolutely. That's 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 what you need to do. And uh, yeah, there's uh, all that boxing talk. Let's uh, let's get right into it. And uh, gonna start with uh, out all night. 
and this was uh, a show that came out in September 1992 and some of the things happening in the world. The pound sterling and the Italian lira are forced out of the European exchange rate mechanism, also known as Black Wednesday. Mexico establishes diplomatic relations with Vatican City, ending a break that lasted over 130 years. The Chamber of Deputies of Brazil votes to impeach President Fernando Collor de Mello, the country's first democratically elected leader in 29 years, and Vice President Itamar Franco becomes acting president. The last of the Mohicans was in the cinemas. And Sleeping Satellite by Tamsin Archer was in the charts. I don't know if it was, she was she was, she was a one hit wonder, but yeah, she's a British 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 singer. Yeah, really good song. So uh, out all night. So this is a American sitcom that was created by Andy and Susan Borowitz. Obviously, if you heard that name before, it's because they were part of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air creative creative team and yeah it's about uh, a singer chelsea page who runs a la nightclub and she hires a young graduate by the name of jeff to uh, be manager of the club one interesting fact i mentioned fresh prince of bel-air it's actually set in the same universe as the fresh prince of bel-air and uh, i'll talk about an episode where hillary banks makes an appearance on the show. Karen Parsons is playing uh, Hillary Bank. Do you remember, I think we did that in St. Elsewhere when they go into the Cheers bar. Yes, yes, so yeah, I remember, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the same universe. I like those crossovers, they're cool. That's so cool. That I mean, is so cool. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know about that. That's, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, that's pretty much all there is to say. I think in terms of, like, you want to give flowers to Patti LaBelle. Yeah, she's an American singer, actress, and businesswoman. She began her career in the early 1960s as lead singer and front woman of the vocal group Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells. Following the group's name change to LaBelle in the 1970s, they released the popular disco song Lady Marmalade. She has... Yeah, I know that one. She has sold more than 50 million records worldwide, and she has been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the Apollo Theatre Hall of Fame, and she has won, obviously, lots of like awards, Grammy, all of those things. And she was included in Rolling Stones on their list of 100 greatest singers. LaBelle is known as a dramatic soprano, recognized for her vocal power, range, and emotive delivery. This show was a who's who of um, stars. So uh, Morris Chestnut, who played Jeff, obviously, we all know him in Boys in the Hood. I saw that in the in the comments, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never oh. seen Boys in the Hood. It is a a very very good film, Boys in the Hood. I think Ice Cube wrote the film. I've heard good things about it. It's definitely been on my radar Boys for a while. Yeah. Excellent film. It's a heartbreaking film, but it's very very good. And he is uh, playing FBI agent Will Keating in the series The Enemy Within. And then you had Vivica Fox who's uh, an American actress and she began her career on Soul Train and then she ended up being on Days of Our Lives and Generations. Obviously, you got Dwayne Martin who played Vidal and he was actually uh, signed as an undrafted free agent in the NBA 
for the New York Knicks. So he made it that far, but I think he was soon cut and he never actually got a chance to play in the NBA. So uh, out all night. So this was like a kind of like every other sitcom. It was like two sets. The characters were really likable. The storyline was relatable. The acting was was really good. This was like so basic in its format, but it it worked so well. I like when they strip it down to the basics and they just get this right and 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 and, and make it like enjoyable. I, all of the shows this week, I'll say it now. I did not clock watch. I thought they were all quite good shows, and and this was a this was a good show, like a really good show. You know, I was a bit like, you know, is it going to be good because it's set in a nightclub? You know, I mean, that's not my scene. I've been in a nightclub. They're rubbish and loud. And so, but anyway, like, like I said, it actually worked. I thought it was really good. I like the kind of build it up pilot. And then I watched, um, I did make a mistake though. I watched a Halloween episode, but it was only half of it on, on YouTube. Um, because I thought it's coming up to Halloween. You know, we're mid-October. Why not give it a go? And the only, the only thing I regret about watching that episode is that the whole thing wasn't on there. That's the only thing I'll say. Yeah, so obviously this was, um, like I said, set in the same universe as Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You got Andy and Susan Borowitz. I do think it was one of those, like, summer projects kind of thing for them. Obviously, the the, the main show, the main priority was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, they probably would have struggled to pay off the likes of Morris Chestnut and Dwayne Martin and Vivica Fox for them to do a regular season and actually give it like a, a long run but no yeah i thought i thought the show was fine you've got like i said really good actors really good professionals on the show and they're there they're, they're doing their things i think this was actually maybe after or just before boys in the hood for like morris chestnut because i'm sure that's like the the breakout role for him i'm not sure when that came out 91 92 but yeah it's one of those where if he came back and he did this and and obviously, he'll probably think, I'm, "I want to move on to bigger, better things, and kind of climb up, climb up the ladder." Yeah, I mean, yeah, because let's face it, it's a very basic format, isn't it? Like same set, same things, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I think yeah, that you had good actors in there. I think Patty Labelle. This was kind of like her first. I'm not sure if it's like her first role, but like I think, kind of obviously, she's known as primarily a singer. And a very and a very very good singer at that, so this was this was kind of like a, a secondary role for her. I thought she was fine in it. I thought she was good. Yeah, this this show wasn't particularly bad at all, and it had it had a, it had a very very short run. As did, yeah, there's only a few uh, there's only a few episodes, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm I'm fortunately that we found a few episodes anyway to uh oh yeah that's what i was gonna say you gotta give a shout out to all the people that put these shows on youtube right i know we say it like every now and then but come on like without these guys this po- podcast would be so hard i know right because yeah because then you're gonna have to like dig deep and like go into like uh the netherworld and the underworld of the internet the underbelly and find links or whatever but no youtube had it Shout out to the person who uploaded this show. And there was like other shows this person uploaded as well. So not just this one. So yeah, we might get around to doing those shows as well at uh, at some point. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk about episodes then that we watched. Right. So I watched 
uh, like I said, one and a half episodes uh, of this show. So the first one I watched was a pilot. So set in a bar, man comes in in a suit, wants to see Chelsea about a management job. There's a guy with him. Uh, he's excited and kind of like messes with a DJ station and it all kind of comes alive and in comes the boss, Chelsea, and uh, turns off the... She t- kind of turns it off and doesn't want to know them. Uh, so Jeff, you learn that Jeff is the guy and he gives his resume to Chelsea, but she's not interested. His psychic, which you learn is called uh, Vidal, tries to kind of talk him up. Jess says uh, she needs a group for the weekend. He says that he can get one. And so she gives him a trainee position. There's no dancing or drinking or fooling around whilst he's on the job. Chelsea gives them a flat to live in. But she's like, oh, yeah, how can I ever thank you? She's like, what was it? $400 a month rent. That's how you can thank me. So Angus McEwen is like this um, annoying English Liverpudlian guy, right? Just kind of yeah. He's he he is genuinely from the UK. He wasn't putting on an accent or anything like that. Yeah, so he he's like I guess the dippy blonde. He plays that character, right? As the, the comic relief, like sidekick. Yes. Character and so yeah, he was he was actually in Brookside. Yeah, so that's where he kind of made his start in acting, I believe, in on, on Brookside. Then I think he came back and he was in Grange Hill for a little bit. He played the caretaker. Oh, really? Here, like towards the end of its run. So. Oh, so he had a kind of a good stint in English telly then. So he's been for a shower. He comes in the shower and he kind of comes and goes. He's kind of this, like you said, comic relief character. Jeff and Vidal are not impressed with him. Sharice comes in. She's Chelsea's daughter. Sharice wants a party to celebrate them coming in. Sharice tells Vidal off for taking, talking to her like a player. Sharice uh, likes Jeff and wants to bring another girl for Vidal. Night of party. Vidal all dressed up. They both are excited about living alone without parents. It's kind of their first stint away from home. Uh, Angus comes in for the party. The girls come in. Girls like Chelsea and she's... Um, they Chelsea comes in and basically they wanted to leave because she's kind of the older lady there. And the girls like her. She stays to talk to them. Chelsea comes in with breakfast the next day. Angus comes in. Uh, it's like an open house and Fidel's not liking it. Cherise says her whole life is like it. Jeff wants to tell her to back off. So at the nightclub, uh, Chelsea's alone in the club. Jeff comes to talk to her. He's a grown. He says he's a grown man and he wants to be treated as such. He talks to her and he says he wants freedom, independence. She says, okay, I thought you were going to ask for a raise. Then they tell him to loosen up and then he has fun for like two minutes and then Chelsea comes in and tells him off. Then he said, like, I quit because I don't want to stick to your rules. And she says, he says he wants a job and everything that goes with it. He wants to make his own choices. She doesn't let him go and... She will try to be supportive and she calls him a diamond in a rough and she keeps her diamonds in a safe place. She tells Jeff to handle the situation. They hug at the end. Oh, some like security thingy. Then we're to Halloween episodes, which is very short. In the club, the boy jumps out of a box and he's getting ready for Halloween. It's kind of a trick. Angus telling of Halloween antics. Vidal, Vidal saying, oh yeah, we did all of that. Then he goes a bit far with like a cow's head joke and he's like, oh, it's just a joke. Sharice and Chelsea come in. Jeff doesn't like the tricks. Chelsea wants tricks him with like a fake hand kind of thing so chelsea set jeff up with a date but he's not up for it because he's like everything i i don't plan goes wrong then enter andrea and he says the least i can do is meet her kind of like kind of changes his mind andrea meets jeff they talk vidal tries to tries it on with sharice vidal thinks they they're not right for each other like jeff and andrea but they're getting on really well then he asks her out for dinner walks her to a car jeff and then just making her dinner Vidal's giving him advice, but then Chelsea comes in. Jeff changed the recipe. Or, sorry, didn't cook Chelsea's recipe, and she's annoyed. And then Jeff is having a good time with Andrea. They're talking on the sofa. 
and then she invites him to Halloween and then they go to the club and then it ends. So I was invested in that episode. It's quite good. Right. Okay. So yeah, the episode smooth operator. So it's employee value employment evaluation. So everyone's like basically sucking up to the boss and they've got a friend that's visiting from uh, Brooklyn and he wants to know why Vidal hasn't been successful with the ladies as of now. Then uh, Chelsea and Sharice are coming to the flat and Jeff is sucking up because obviously you've got the uh, evaluation or maybe like appraisal. I don't know what the kind of equivalent would be. Then uh, Devante, I think I believe is the name of the friend. And he's saying that Vidal's game is rubbish. And obviously he's saying that in the 90s, men have to be more sensitive and vulnerable and you have to you have to be like a puppy dog and go and that will help you get the ladies you got someone who called dion i think he's a, a bouncer he's trying to give chelsea flowers and he's trying to like get sympathy because obviously he's all like oh well i've got flowers my wife's in the hospital so on and so forth then there's um, a girl called naomi and Vidal is trying to flirt by using uh, his friend's advice and it works. And Naomi asks him out and gives a number. Then Devante is like to Vidal, hey, look, I've got a date with Sharice. And obviously he's kind of got a thing for Sharice. And the DJ is having his evaluation. And so his thing is that he's always playing the same songs. And he's like, oh, well, I wish I could play Chelsea Page's music. Obviously, you know, sucking up and whatnot. Then Chelsea is evaluating Jeff. And she's telling Jeff to lighten up and take it easy. Vidal's telling Chelsea about Sharice and Devante. And obviously she's war- and obviously he's warning Chelsea about Devante going, look, your daughter should be going out of this guy. He's a player, so on and so forth. Then Jeff is loosening up. And Vidal is basically bringing his date to keep an eye on Devante. Then you've got Mary J. Blige, who's performing at the club, and she's performing her hit song, Real Love. Or I, I, at least I think that's what she was uh, singing. Then Naomi leaves, because obviously she's like to Vidal, I think you like Sharice, and I'm not going to compete with that. Then the the last episode I watched was The Great Pretender. And Angus wants to do kind of do a profile on Chelsea Page. And Sharice hates that Vidal always keeps coming on to her. Then another woman walks in. And obviously I'm thinking, oh, oh, wow, it's Karen Parsons. I thought, I thought this was a decent catch. I don't know if you had the typical sitcom whooping and cheering for, 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 uh, for Karen Parsons. But no, I thought, oh, okay, Karen Parsons. And then Sharice was like, oh, I know her. She's Hillary Banks. She lives in Bel Air. And that's when I went, what? <laughs> nice. Damn, okay. This is this is this is this is so cool. And Sharice is like, look, I know her. She's very, very stuck up. And she's very rich and she likes rich things and she has an expensive taste. And initially she's saying to Vidal, I'd watch out for her. And obviously Hillary, she wants a serious, hardworking man. And obviously everyone's laughing because they don't think Vidal is that serious man. And then he tells Hillary that he is the manager of the club. And obviously Hillary is like to Vidal, if you're the manager, then manage. 
And so Jeff is like going to Vidal and he's like, I want you to go over there. And he's just basically busting. And obviously the bouncer's like, who the hell are you? Like, get out of here. You're not my boss. And then Vidal is telling Jeff about pretending to be a manager. Jeff doesn't think it will work. And he's obviously like to Vidal, look, you need to tell the truth and be honest. Obviously, Vidal, and obviously Sharice is happy because Vidal's not hitting on her anymore. And so she's like, look, I don't care about his lie. Make it work. Make it happen. And Sharice obviously wants to play along. And Hillary wants to organize a private party of 250 people. And everyone has to act like Vidal as the manager. And so obviously Chelsea's like, well, okay, I'll let you be the manager. But obviously if you mess up, then Jeff is going to be on you. And you're going to get the blame. And so Vidal has to do all the work of a manager. So he has to basically run the club. He has to look after the staff. He has to make sure customers are doing well. And I think a group called After Seven are performing. And Vidal is trying to have a dance with Hillary. But obviously he still has to do manager work. Then Vidal starts to feel bad about lying to Hillary. Sharice wants him to continue lying. And obviously Hillary's like to him, I don't think it's going to work because you're too much of a workaholic and you're not going to make enough time for me. Then obviously he's like, look, I'll be straight with you. I'm not the manager. I just told it to you that I'm a pizza delivery man. And obviously Hillary's like, oh, well, I'm just going to end it anyway. And she's like, look, it's, it's still not going to work and it's a shame. But no, it was a, it was actually a really good episode. I really liked this episode. It's a really fun, really, uh, really good episode and obviously hillary banks being hillary banks yeah it was really really good nice yeah, the whole show is good to be honest yeah absolutely and um yeah i'm i'm, I'm i think i'm uh, about ready to move on next up we've got wonder at large and this show came out in march 2003 and some of the things happening in the world Cuban president Fidel Castro is elected unopposed to a sixth term. He has served as the head of Cuba's government for 44 years at that point, longer than any other living head of government. New Scientist magazine reports a paper by Robert R. Caldwell, Mark Kamionkowski and Nevin N. Weinberg, which puts forward the hypothesis that the end of the universe may possibly occur as a big rip, which will shred the physical structure of the universe. And a 2,000 pound or 900 kilograms meteorite explodes over Chicago, raining fragments over the city. Bringing down a house was in the cinemas. And I Can by Nas was in the charts. Wonder at Large. So this was an American sitcom created by and stars comedian Wanda Sykes. This was also the first show to be created, written, produced and star a black woman. Yeah, so it stars as uh, Wanda Sykes playing uh, Wanda Hawkins. And she's a former government worker who decides to become a stand-up comedian. Though she struggled throughout her time in comedy, she's tapped by Roger, who is the boss of WHDC-TV, to be an editorial correspondent for the political talk show The Beltway Gang. Her friend, Keith, is tapped as the producer of Wanda's segments. She's immediately seen as unprofessional and inexperienced by the show's moderators, Bradley and Rita. However, she begins to win them over as the show progresses. And at home, Wanda must deal with her widowed sister-in-law, Jenny, who is raising two children, Holly and Barris. During an interview with the Urbanite magazine at Georgia State University, 
Wanda Sykes explained that the show was only supposed to be on Friday night for an interim basis. According to Sykes, she said, we were told if the new night didn't work out, we would be moved to another time slot. But that's part of the game television execs play. And she also admitted in another interview that she wished that the series would have been launched on UPN instead of Fox. Wanda at large premiered following American Idol and it gradually decreased in the ratings as it started off with 14.3 and then going down to 10 million by the season finale. It still averaged 12.2 million for the sixth episode season, however, making it the fourth highest rated show on Fox that year out of 26 and leading Fox to renew. And it actually returned with new episodes, but it was on the Friday night death slot at 8.30. Woo! Friday night. Yeah, that's, 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 that's not a good time, man. No, because all I was going to say was when I was over there, I used to always think, oh my God, I could watch TV. I can do this and this. But like Friday nights is when I would be like going out to dinner, doing stuff. Like when I was in Canada and America, I did not watch TV at that time. That's the thing. Like you work all week to go out. That's to go out on a Friday, right? So whatever you're doing on a Friday, you ain't sitting indoors. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's a death slot in this country as well. I'm probably gonna say it is. Yeah, but I, to be honest, Thursday nights, just walking around the streets on a Thursday night seems just as busy as a Friday as well. So I don't think Friday's much better. Thursday's much better. Yeah, but I just think yeah, obviously with EastEnders at eight o'clock, and then I think after that, it's like. You're not really watching anything, are you? Or there's not really... I don't think there's anyone putting on TV at that particular time. That's true. But I think that even TV in general is a dying dying thing. I don't know if it's a dying thing exactly. Because obviously I will still watch TV and I will watch whatever comes on TV and, and, and things like that. But I, do, but I do think since now and before, if you're going to have a TV show... Probably best to kind of keep away from like Friday nights in general. And obviously, I think now with the world starting to open back up again after the pandemic, then I think it'll probably be even more of a thing where people are going to be going out anyway. But even, yeah, back in 2003, yeah, it was very much a death slot. And when I was over there in the States thinking, oh my God, I could watch wrestling that used to come on at one o'clock in this country, but it's now eight o'clock over there, but it's like eight o'clock oh, you're going out to dinner with so-and-so and forth, or you're going out or whatever you're doing. Mm. Anything but watching TV and anything but. So it's one of those, yeah, one of those uh, one of those things. And yeah, quick rundown of the characters. You had Wanda Hawkins. You had uh, Keith Townsend, who was her best friend and producer. Bradley Grimes and Rita, who were the two co-anchors. Jenny Hawkins, who was the... Um, Widow and the two kids, Holly and Barris. So, Wanda at large. Another show that I'd never heard of, but like I said, I'd seen um, Wanda from Blackish. So I knew her and I like, but she kind of plays herself, or she plays that kind of character in Blackish. So the character was very familiar. She's very good at playing that character. So, and, and it was set in a newsroom. 
So like it's just kind of tick 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 all the boxes for me. Um, and it was really funny. I liked I liked this show. They had the visual gags. They kind of had the the, the long running jokes in it. They had a bit of everything really. I, I this show was kind of trying to think of the word, but it was like it was quite a deep show. Like it, it wasn't just like surface level. There was things going on underneath as well. So I quite I quite liked the show. I thought this show was really easy and enjoyable to watch i think it kind of ticked all the boxes for me definitely i thought this was a very underrated show i think wanda sykes is hilarious i think she's one of those people who has that timing she can make things work she's very funny she's very witty i think she gets it as well she understands what's required of the delivery like you know that sassy kind of like to the point blunt lady that's gonna like chew you up and spit you out if you're not on point like she she gets it and i think that's really important the jokes were funny her timings were great lots of things yeah obviously this is a good show because obviously a good episode i mean because we can give black women their flowers and wonder sykes is another one who definitely deserves deserves her flowers i thought she was great in this didn't really have much of a, a run i think it was pretty much one and done in terms of like the series and yeah it's 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 a shame that that she wasn't given more but yeah i think friday at 8 30 you're on the clock man it's one of those things where if, if if you're given that time slot then i'd be looking at the next project quickly because this ain't this ain't gonna last yeah it's true and it's a shame as well because i think even like all the shows this week have been really good like just genuinely really good shows. And one thing, one of the reasons I love doing Black History Month is because sometimes these shows can get lost in the mix of the millions of other shows that are out there. We bring them to the forefront and we get to watch them. So that's great. Yeah, I'd never heard of these shows either, to be fair. None of them. So I didn't even know Eve had her own TV show. But no, but yeah, and even like this Wonder at Large. I didn't know Eve existed. Is, yeah, I didn't. I knew Wonder Sykes as a, as, as, as a comedian kind of thing and i knew that i knew yeah she's she's funny everything everything i see her in i'm always laughing and yeah this was this was no exception so uh yeah kick kick it off with the pilot right so i watched the pilot um so this is kind of like a how it happened kind of thing one of my like i said my favorite kind of pilots it wasn't like a uh it sets it was because some pilots you obviously get just an episode, right? An episode that they wrote and things. This is kind of how it happened, and I love those. I love those episodes. So Wanda Wanda Hawkins is a reporter, and I said this one was on Blackish, and so she's says, "What's the right way to get fired?" And she's asking people about you know getting fired and stuff like this. This, so she's in a dressing gown. So I'm gonna kind of burn through the first bit. So she was wearing a dressing gown because she says, "Why am I gonna just?" get dressed up to be fired and it's just one thing about getting fired it happens behind closed doors so i'm going to show you and then she says <laughs> and, then, and then she goes i'm going to go straight in because i waited to get this job i ain't waiting to get fired <laughs> <laughs> so she so she kind of just um breaks the door in so brilliant here we go for two weeks ago so holly hawkins is talking to mum. boy comes in and she wants to listen to listen to a record and she goes i, I don't want your mum listening uh catching you listening to that thing so where you make sure you wear your headphones red fox tapes was it yeah so it's obviously it's like red fox doing his uh comedy shows yeah so i've i've heard about this record thing before on something but I'll, I, I won't ever remember it anyway so wanda needs some money keith comes in with more videos and uh gives wanda some he, she goes he goes just uh 
speak up if you want any money. She just goes up. <laughs> so I, quite, I thought that was quite funny. Um, so he gives us some money. He's going to a party and she basically worms her way into it. This is like the uh, the TV channel. Uh, and she's basically going and she's grilling everyone or roast, roasting everyone. That's what she, they call it, right, in the US. So, and then she said, um, so Roger, basically the TV channel, like you said earlier, the TV channel needs this new ratings thing and you need someone to like kind of be at speak up and stuff like that. And and, and Roger, the, the boss, basically sees this guy. And then she says, and then he goes up to her and says, I like the way you're talking. Are you drunk? And then she goes, no, um, this is me talking, but the alcohol's cheering me on or something like that. And she gets, basically gets offered a job. Oh no, on the premise that she has to do like a, um, she has to do a report on, a gun report control. on gun control. Yeah. So she does a VT uh, and he says, um, <laughs> so her VT is basically saying, I ain't going to tell you how to get a gun because that's stupid. I ain't going to tell you what street we're on or this and that and the other. And she goes, I'm going to ask these people what they're doing. And he goes, oh yeah, I need it for hunting, need it hunting, need it hunting. And then she turns up at her house in a hunter's outfit. She kind of turns up at her house in like an Elmer Fudd kind of like costume, like, you know, typical hunter's jacket and hat and stuff like that. And then they basically shut the door. And then um, anyway, <laughs> and at the end of the VT, this is this actually made me laugh out loud. So the news anchor, what, what's the news anchor's name again? Bradley. Brad, yeah. So he goes, what do you think? And he goes, well, let me be blunt. And he goes, you better not effing think about putting that effing F on my show or something like that. <laughs> so obviously when someone says, let me be blunt, you don't expect it to just go off one. And anyway, that, so that was like, that was really funny. Uh, anyway, so she gets a job. She's live the next Sunday and she goes to see Joe in payroll. Keeps watching the show. Says to Wanda, you should come watch. So there's research. <laughs> and then she's teaching Barrows how to play baseball or something like that, but he gets one to the head. So on the show, so basically this woman called Rita's been off and she's been on leave for um, medical. She's been given a surgery, right? So she asks her a question. Rita asks uh, Wanda a question and she goes, let's talk about your face. <laughs> and then she kind of, kind of just goes in on her. And then she actually raises a really good point. So she says, look, you're an intelligent woman. Why do you feel the need to get your face done, Botox and facelift and whatever else she's saying, to, to make people take you more seriously mm. um because they, she said something i can't remember what she said and i have to paraphrase but basically if you're a pretty woman or something like that you're you can be considered an intelligent woman but that is pretty or something like that but if you're an ugly woman you're just an ugly woman that's it there's nothing else um anyway so back at home jenny not that's what that's what she they said on the the, the show right not me um so back at home jenny's not happy the barrier's got one to the head keith comes and says that she got fired and also Keith got fired too. Back to the present. She goes to see Roger about getting fired and he's about to fire her, but the ratings were good. So he rescinds his firing. Uh, and then she says to re she says the thing about reasons like, like you, you're intelligent. Anyway, they kind of have to and fro uh, their mates again. And then they're drinking to their new and old career. Jenny decides to let him play Barris play uh, baseball because she'll go to every game and he'll just quit on his own anyway. Uh, Wanda goes to see the news anchor guy, Brad, who's with two girls and then she calls him a, he, he says oh he kind of really like condescends to her he says like oh you got to stop pause and then think about what you're saying before you open your mouth and then she stops she thinks he goes nope you're still a jackass and then walks off so next episode i watched was called wonders party i watched that episode too so this was a really good episode again kind of have like you know some some good advice to like you know for people one, you know, people probably like myself that get stuck in their ways and also people that, you know, try and step on 
other people's toes as you know even with good intentions right so um so she's doing a report about public versus private schools and she says she doesn't have kids but she pays taxes so she should have a report and she's going to ask him the parents for the report cards <laughs> like that and then she drags the ball off the guy that's playing football. The goalkeeper out of the goal. <laughs> yeah, because he hasn't got oh, your good report grades. cards are slacking, so you need to come with me. And she opens the school, and then she's all the kids are doing like chores and like having life lessons instead of like learning. Then back in the news studio, Rita says she doesn't want to pay money to go to school. She not Rita. Wanda says she doesn't want to pay money to go to, for any school. She just wants to keep the money, like it's like Honolulu fund or something like that. Jenny comes in and she makes sure that people are coming to Wanda's surprise party. Keith has to stall her until eight, so he hides her keys. Rita says a kid would mellow you out. Basically, this is a whole kind of if you have children or don't have children and the women that have children think that they're better than the women that don't have children and such and such and such and such. And then she says a kid would mellow you out and she says, so does weed. And then Rita says something quite bad. She says, I was selfish one time too. And then basically, because um, Keith took her car keys, <laughs> she shuts the whole office down like the the idea was keith takes the keys they can't find him he takes it home and you know he can um dictate the, the the how long it takes she shuts the office down and she goes there's a thief up in here and then she goes up like uh goes in on all the colleagues saying um right i'm leaving with someone's car she's really horrible to everyone and when she leaves keith just goes to everyone well see you all at the party then uh so wanda goes to see roger she says i need an office and basically, he's given the office to his um, attractive assistant and not to his male or unattractive assistants. Keith is taking one home, but he's stalling. She's not happy about it. Keith is taking the long way home. Wanda kind of reaches over to the steering wheel and they have a little prang. Keith comes in, but he's kicked Wanda out and she's walking. Barry says she's coming, but Wanda sees the lights flickering in her apartment and she's got it in her head that someone's got her house keys. Uh, so she calls the police. And then when she notices everyone's in it for a party, she just goes to the police, well, shoot them then. So she tells Jenny that when she gets back, she, when she, that she goes, what the hell are you doing? When, when, when she gets back, I want it all the same way. Then she goes to a bar. She sees a news anchor guy. She pretends to be upset and that he spoiled the prize. And then they start talking. And he says he doesn't want to go because he said he wanted to go, but he didn't get invited because they think that she doesn't like him. But then he's winding her up. Uh, it's kind of a nice to and fro here. And then he leaves a present for her at the bar. Uh, Keith comes to the bar and he says everyone tried except for her. Wanda goes to speak to Jenny. So Holly, the girl, shows everyone a, a yearbook. And then Wanda goes to see Jenny and everyone's in the party. And then she says, she has this thing. It's happened twice. She goes, all of your anger directs it over here and points it to like the, the people that are the perpetrators or whatever. Uh, anyway, Barry's got a book for her and it's the book that she actually wanted. Back at work, Roger gives her an office but one wall at a time and then she gets a key ring for Brad because she lost the keys and then he goes, are you going to my next birthday? And she goes, oh, what day is it? He's like typing on a calculator. Same time? Yep. Same year? Yep. And then he kind of does all these calculations and he goes, nope. Anyways, yeah, that was um, that was my two episodes of Wonder at Large, and I have to say, brilliant. Cool. So I also watched an episode called Wonder and Bradley, and Wonder is doing a report on reparations. So she's basically going up to white people and just basically saying, "You owe me this much," 
Then she goes to uh, someone's house and she's claiming that his ancestors owned her ancestors as slaves. And she's like, oh, if no one's going to give me money, she's going to like dig up greys. And uh, she's like, I'm just going to try and nick wallets from uh, the people in the greys and see how much they've got. Bradley is against reparations and he's like, I've earned the money. And yeah, Wanda and Bradley are bickering. And obviously, Wanda's like, if I ever see you outside of this work, like it's on site kind of thing. And Roger's talking to Wanda and he's like, you know what? I support you in everything that you do. And he wants to have a word with Bradley. And he's like, look, to make it up, I've got these basketball tickets. You can go watch the game. Then you got Roger and he's playing both sides. So he's talking to Bradley and he's like, yeah, I think what Wanda's doing is disgusting. I tell you what, have some basketball tickets. It's a way for them to get together. Then obviously Wanda has two tickets. And obviously she's thinking, oh, maybe I can take a date to the game. And Jenny's telling Wanda to flirt, but it doesn't work out for her. Then Keith is like, look, give me the ticket. I want to go to the game. But obviously he's got other stuff happening. And obviously Wanda's like, look, you're busy. I'm not going to give you the ticket. You're not going to show up. And he's like, look, I promise I'll show up. And then Wanda's trying to call Keith. But obviously, uh, sorry. And then they, 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 they go to the game. And then Wanda bumps into Bradley and Rita. And obviously Rita's like, well, you've been tricked by Roger. And she's like, oh, damn, looks like I owe him 20 bucks. And Roger's basically happy that the the cha- the promotion that the channel is getting and their, their show. Then Wanda's basically trying to call Keith. But obviously he's at the club with uh, Tina. And you got a man who's trying to make a move on Wanda. But Bradley steps in. And obviously Wanda's like, look, don't fight this guy. Yeah, otherwise you're going to be a... Where 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 are they now? Segment. Bradley's invited his girl, but she isn't there on time. But he's having a good time with Wanda, and they've realized that they have a, a lot in common. Keith finally makes it, and Bradley's date arrives. They do like a random prize draw, and Keith wins. And basically, Wanda was initially sitting on that seat, but then she decides to sit somewhere else, and then Keith gets to win a trip to Jamaica. Jenny, meanwhile, Jenny was on a date with someone, but she but she has like a, a mummy bracelet and it falls on the floor and the date sees it. And obviously he's doing like a little dance and he's like kind of like dancing away from her, <laughs> kind of like doing a, a runner. And so once they realized what Roger was doing, the gang basically tricked Roger and Wanda's shooting everyone. And then they're like, and then obviously Roger's like, what the hell's going on? And she's like to Bradley, oh my God, you're so bad. You can't even pretend to be shot properly. Maybe I should get a real gun and do it for real. And then obviously Roger's like, don't scare me like that again. And then they all give him a basketball ticket as a ha 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 very funny kind of joke. And yeah, that was Wonder at Large. Yeah, great little show. It really was. And it was one that I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it was thought it was absolutely hilarious. Last but not least, Eve. This show also came out in 2003 but September 2003, and some of the things happening in the world. Europe's busiest shopping centre, the Bull Ring in Birmingham, is officially opened. Estonia and Latvia approve joining the European Union in a referendum in their respective countries. Smart One, an ESA space probe, and ESA's first mission to the moon is launched from Kourou, French Guyana. Underworld, was in the cinemas and baby boy 
by Big Brothers was in the charts. There's some uh, classic UK R&B for you guys. Probably might not know this song, but you might know other songs that Big Brothers may have done. But no, yeah, this was, yeah. Nice, nice bit of a UK R&B. 2000s UK R&B, which was a, a relatively a, a decent, decent scene. Eve now. So this was a American sitcom created by Meg Deloach, which revolves around two sets of male and female friends attempting to navigate relationships. The exec producers were Robert Greenblatt and David Janolari, and the series was produced by the Greenblatt Janolari Studio and Mega Diva Incorporation in association with Warner Bros. The series was developed as a vehicle for Eve under the working title The Opposite Sex. UPN execs approached the rapper about a television project after the success of fellow musician Brandy in another one of the network sitcoms Moesha and Eve's series was created as a part of the network's attempt to appeal to a younger audience and after being picked up the show was renamed Eve to attract the rapper's fans and it was set in Miami and Eve actually said that she was intimidated at first by the process of preparing for and filming a sitcom she would later regret not fully committing to her character. The show aired on UPN and later on TV One. And yeah, it revolves around a Miami fashion designer, Shelly Williams. And it's yeah, basically a woman whose fashion career is on the move, but whose love life is a work in progress. And at the start of the series, obviously Shelly has been able to find a suitable partner for 10 months. And she begins an on-off relationship with physical therapist JT Hunter. Eve typically depicts the friend's comedic and romantic adventures and career issues, such as Shelly, Rita and Janie working together at their Miami-based fashion boutique Diva Style and JT applying to colleges. The six characters each have many dates and serious relationships and the series can be viewed as an extension of the concept of the battle of the sexes for its equal representation of both male and female viewpoints on the matter. Janie serves as Shelley's voice of reason, while Rita encourages her to be more impulsive with the dating. They often disagree with one another on the best way for Shelley to approach her love life. Rita, Janie, Nick and Donovan are typically shown caught in the middle of Shelley and JT's miscommunications. Even though Shelley and JT's relationship is the predominant storyline, the series does explore the relationship of its supporting cast. So Donovan and Rita dating each other and the quite selective Nick as he attempts to find the perfect partner. Donovan owns the Z Lounge, which is described as one of Miami's hottest clubs, and he serves as one of the places where the group often meets. And yeah, so basically... Eve like accepted the role as a way to showcase a different side of her personality that was unexplored in her music and co-star Jason George said that the show allowed the audience to see Eve as more than a hardcore rap artist saying and I quote the part that people know her the least about her comes across most in the show there's a seriously girly girl side to her and Eve actually received mixed feedback since his first broadcast, 
Melanie McFarland of the Seattle Post Intelligent praised the changes made during the show's development and highlighted Sean Maguire as the standout. So obviously, if you might recognize is Sean that a white guy? face, yes. His face is very, very familiar. He's basically uh, a famous actor in the UK. And I think he even had a, a music career as well. He was in Grange Hill. When I was little and growing up, I used to remember his character in Grange Hill. But yeah, he's been in uh, many other things. So yeah, Sean Maguire is like big UK star. And uh, Brian Joseph shared positive memories by saying that it was the place where Eve transformed from Rough Rider to sitcom actress. Eve drew criticism for its formulaic writing and the lead's poor performance. And the show was included on a list by Ebony's Kevin L. Clark profiling the top 10 worst black TV shows of all time. Wow. The Los Angeles Times' Mimi Avins felt that the show lacked the spark and the writing quality of something like Sex in the City, and it identified Eve as its weakest link. She felt that Eve did not show the acting ability or high-voltage charisma that vaulted someone like Will Smith from rapper to television star. And in spite of mixed receptions from TV critics, the show and E's performance received several award nominations. In 2004, the show was nominated for the Teen Choice Award for Choice Breakout TV Show. Eve was also nominated for Choice TV Actress Comedy of the same year. Eve was also nominated for the Teen Choice Award for Choice TV Actress. She also received two nominations for the Blimp Award for Favorite TV Actress during the 2005 and 2006 Kid Choice Award. Eve earned the nomination for the 2005 Image Award for Outstanding Actress in a Comedy Series and the 2005 BT Awards Comedy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress. And despite getting high ratings among young African-American women, it suffered low viewership throughout. The series cancellation, along with that of other black sitcoms, was criticized by media outlets for reducing representation of African-American characters and the number of roles for African-American actors on TV. Some flowers for Eve. Obviously, she is a uh, American rapper, singer, actress, and TV presenter from Philadelphia. In 1999, she released her debut album, Let There Be Eve, Rough Riders' First Lady, which reached number one in the Billboard 200, making her the third female rapper to accomplish this feat. For the benefit of producer Paul and every other white person, Rough Riders was a rap group that had the late DMX in it. And it was, uh, I believe, started up by Swizz Beats and his brother or a relative of his. Yeah, she achieved chart success with singles Let Me Blow Your Mind with uh, Gwen Stefani and Who's That Girl? Gangsta Lovin', which actually got her the, uh, the gig of uh, Eve, and uh, Tambourine. And Eve has received multiple accolades throughout her career, which includes a Grammy Award, BET Award, MTV Video Music Award, Teen Choice Award, and two Daytime Emmy Award nominations. Eve was placed on VH1's list of 50 Greatest Hip Hop Artists, and in 2020, Spin named her one of the 30 greatest female rappers ever. And as an actress, Eve is known for her role as Terry Jones in the films of Barbershop, Barbershop 2, Back in Business, and Barbershop The Next Cut. She also appeared in films The Woodsman, The Cookout, and Whip It. 
And from 2017 to 2020, Eve was one of the co-hosts of the CBS daytime talk show, The Talk. And she has her own clothing line called Fetish from 2003 to 2009. I mean, yeah, she done done quite a a few songs, actually, with uh, Gwen Stefani. Right, let's uh, talk about Eve. Again, it wasn't a bad show. Like everything seemed to to be okay. I think it was like a, a, kind of on par with Out All Night in in as much as it was it wasn't too much to it. But it, what what they like same as um, Out All Night. What they did do was really good. Also, the Eve thing and and nothing to do with Eve. That was off putting for me. But I think, like I said, how are you going to put a show on starring Eve in the mid two thousands? and not call it Eve. Uh, how, how else are you going to get people to watch that show? I mean, that's true, but I mean, you don't call it like, you know, Mission Impossible or Tom, you don't call it Tom Cruise, right? You call it Mission Impossible. No, but that's completely different. It's It was a show that they thought, okay, how are we going to get people to watch this show starring Eve? Eve is hot at this point in 2003. It put me off. No, it not put me off, but it, it distracted me because I was thinking that someone's going to be called Eve and they weren't. No, but I do. Th- yeah, but it's it's genuinely that's what you have to do to try and gain any advantage. I think she wanted to call it something else. I think she pitched it to be called something else, but she was convinced by the producers, the execs. Listen, if you want people to watch your show, if you want people to stand out and your show to stand out, it has to be called Eve. I wish we could call it something nice and creative and outside of the box but am i going am i going to watch a show called eve starring eve or am i going to watch a show called something else where it can easily get lost in the shuffle in the in in the tv guide it, it would get lost in the shuffle and i think it's the same with gary coleman how are you going to call it the the, the the andy lebeau show and not call it the gary coleman show if it's got gary coleman in it how how else are you going to break out of the competition to stick out and say, hey, I've got a TV show, come and watch it, but I'm going to call it something completely different and then it can lose out. So that's 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 why I I, um, I don't think, yeah, like I said, if, if it was up to Eve, it would have been called something else. Definitely not that show. And uh, yeah, I, I actually like Eve a lot. I actually think she is a really, really good female rapper and uh if i was to think off the top of my head then yeah she would be high up the list for me like really high i mean i learned of her existence like this week so well no she's very very good she's had a lot of chart success anyway i digress but yeah this was i can kind of see like yeah like it i felt like this show left a lot like it's one of those things where you tell someone to give it your all. Don't leave anything on the table kind of thing. Give it your all. Go hard in the paint. Come back and think, right, I gave that my all. I don't think Eve gave that her all. I think she was kind of apprehensive because obviously she's the main character. This is your show. Your time to shine. It was like, yeah, like Will Smith on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like he was given this opportunity. He was all in, yeah. and he basically he he got the rock, and he ran with it. It was one of the things where, like, give me the ball, 
Give me the ball, coach. Give me the ball and I will run with it. Give me the rock and I will do... It was one of those things where I think Eve could have done that. And I think she was more often than not overshadowed by all of the other characters around her. Which I think kind of did make the show suffer a little bit. But based on what I watched and what I saw, I, I liked it. I thought it was a, a cute little show. and This definitely wasn't a bad show at all. Um, I enjoyed it. I like, like I said, all the shows this week, I did not clock watch. And I, we, you know, we're watching bad shows, and this is definitely not one of them. Yeah, we have. We have, Yeah, there are times where I'm like looking at it thinking, why the hell is this going on? Or I would like psychologically like not bring myself to watch it. Like, for example, we did Maniac Mansion. The gap between when I watched the first episode and from the second episode, it's like you could have like put like the black hole in it basically because <laughs> it's like oh, okay i need to watch this or i'll just go on my phone and i'm like distracted or whatever but no this wasn't this wasn't the case at all and i think this was this was i thought it was a good enough show and they they gave it as much chance as they could give it in fairness to the producers and and whatnot and i think eve herself will look at the show and think Maybe I could have done more with it. Maybe I could have done more with the opportunity. But yeah, I I thought it was it was it was good. And yeah, let's let's go right into episodes. So at some sort of party, Shelley comes in. She's wearing a five grand dress, but she's not normally had to wear a dress because they sell the clothes. Um, but she didn't care. She's wearing a dress anyway. So she sees a guy. Everyone thinks he's gay because he's wearing a salmon shirt. And he goes over to talk to Shelley, but he gets pushed and her dress gets caught on the trousers. So JT is this guy. Donovan's the English guy. The guy the, the, they go to the ladies' toilets. They have to take off the trousers and the dress at the same time. Then it's kind of a bit awkward. And it's like, so he asks her out. Rita is insulting one of the her clients. And then Shelly's going to go out to t- uh, dinner with uh, and a movie with with JT. So she's having dinner with him. He calls her beautiful. Then he goes to the bathroom. He doesn't want to share his food, but she takes the shrimp out and then she chokes on it. When he gets back, he has to Heimlich her. And then he goes, oh, that looks like a shrimp. She's like, yeah, damn, this is good. Uh, they go to they go to see Casablanca, and he cries at the movie. But then he took her home, and she's kind of not into it because, like, he's a you know, she's seeing crying as a bit of a wimpy thing to do. Then a friend saying she's picky, and then a woman says, "Look, that's how you end up single. That's how you end up single and childless is um by being so picky." Shay's thinking about giving another chance to JT. JT's talking about the date. Everyone knows that he's crying. A guy, kind of guy's making fun of him. So at the wedding, JT's avoiding Shelley. She's at the table. They're talking about how they didn't click and at least they found out early and she's looking sad at the bride. Then it's time to catch a bouquet and of course she does catch it. Then JT makes a speech and he thinks the groom and he chokes up and then his mates are like, oh my God, yeah, you, you saw that cold out, you can go sit down kind of thing. But then he owns it. He says like, this is, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for my, for my best friend who's getting married. Then he says, Look how manly I am. Then kisses Shelley and then goes, I'm going to go to the toilet standing up because I'm a man. Everyone cheers, cheers him to a real man. Then he has to take everyone out because he has to get to know the girls and um, then him and Shelley ditch the entourage and that was the end of the one I watched. Cool. I watched uh, a, a couple more. So uh, a quick, yeah, a quick roundup of uh, season one. Shelley runs the fashion boutique Diva Star with her friends. She pursues a relationship with JT only to discover he is afraid of commitment and exhibits some chauvinistic behavior. 
Their relationship is often tested by frequent misunderstandings. Nick wants to find his ideal partner, but his attempts are typically thwarted as he is very particular about women. Even though his relationship with a woman named Danny appears to be successful, they soon break up. Donovan then finds himself attracted to Rita, but he resists the temptation out of fear of ruining their friendship. See, that's a, that's that's very much a thing, isn't it? Like, uh, if you if you if you if you if you're friends with a girl, and you start to catch feelings for her, then uh, it's one of those where if you tell her, then it's gonna like make things awkward forever yeah. and ever. But I, I think that's a problem, though. In general, is that I think that guy, girls can put guys in the friend zone easily, right? And it's not so easy the other way around, right? Because a sniff of a chance for a guy, and he's straight back on it he's not like now nah, we're friends that's weird he's like all right let's go do you know do you know what i mean but it, it's, but it doesn't happen the other way around now that's why it's seldom that particularly in this country and in this culture that you don't like tend to date friends i was actually talking to this with um, a french friend of mine and he was like it's like in france that's how relationships begin like you start by talking to someone you be friends with them and then you become like a relationship but he's like not not in this country I was like, yeah, brother, that's uh, that's how it is, bro. In this, in this, uh, in this thing, but no, it's 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 very much uh, a thing, and obviously you don't know if it's like reciprocal. So you're like, you're going to talk to someone, and then they're just like, oh, we're we're, we're friends. Don't be silly. And you're just like, it's just awkward, but it's, it is awkward. Not not that I have any idea about any of this stuff anyway, and. Uh, you're married, so... Uh... Well, yeah, but the thing is, you, you, you raised it, right? A, a guy has to... Well, maybe not anymore, but, but more than not, has to put himself out there, right? I have to put myself out there and expose myself. Not, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, but a guy has to, like, you know, to, to put himself out there to say, I like you. Do you fancy being anything more than just friends, right? And that's a very vulnerable position. And I, I had to do that. Then I had to talk to you and then, you know, and, and face my grilling. But a guy has to, like, you know, to you be... have to face that thing, yeah. Exactly, you have to do that. Because if you don't say that, it ain't going to go anywhere. Like, if I hadn't said, you know, to to your sister, my wife, that actually I like you as more than a, f- a friend, that, you know, can we pursue getting married? You know, that was a that was a terrifying conversation. I mean, I, I you know, there's a, there's a story there, but, you know, it's, it's, it's quite it's difficult and it's awkward and it's, you know, whatever. But if you want it, you have to put yourself out there and, and, and risk risk it all, man. All or nothing. All or nothing, fellas. You heard that. All or nothing. So, uh, yeah. Right. Next episode. So I watched season two, episode one, and it's called Over. And so, yeah. So J, JT doesn't want to commit to Shelley. And so she's like, you know what? The relationship is over. Rita and Janie are going to see Shelly because they're worried about her. And Shelly says that she's fine about it. And JT doesn't like, oh, oh, he doesn't like talking about feelings and future. Okay, here's more advice for you fellas. When your girl is asking you about what do you think about the future? And what do you think about where we can go? Don't be noncommittal about this stuff. You, whatever visions she has for the future, you have to share that future. And all, but the thing is also, women have got to manage your expectations sometimes because sometimes when they ask you, when they're asking you what you're thinking. Do you remember in Home Improvement when he's like, the difference between men and women with the stop sign, where it's like the man would say, stop, stop. 
Whereas a woman would say, you wouldn't go through, otherwise you know what I'm feeling kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So when if you said what you're thinking to a bloke, like half the time I'm telling you, he's got the Windows logo going round and round, and, you know, the little, little loading screen logo. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we're on power saving mode 90% of the time. Dum dum. <laughs> 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 so, so when he says, "Well, what do you think exactly?" He's like, "Dun dun." Okay, I'm, I'm alive dun, again. Dun, 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 dun. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to talk about the. But no, like it's one of those things where, like, is it, it happens in every relationship. I've spoken to many of friends about this thing where they're like, right, they'll say, like, the woman will say, okay, so where do you see this relationship going? Where are we going? Where are we headed? And I think it's valid for a man to have the appropriate answer obviously don't i'm not saying playbook the whole future like 10 20 30 years down the line but like at least in the immediate kind of thing like are we on the same page are we even reading the same book i think we need to have i think people need to have this conversation way more early in you know in relationships nowadays like it just seems like this conversation you get into an awkward place where it's like what even are we when it's, you know, in my opinion, way too late in a, in a relationship, you need to be kind of like, like you said, have that conversation. Are we, where do you see this going? Because let, let's face it, if a guy can, he's going to be just messing around for as long as he can get away with it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's unserious. Men, as species, we are generally unserious when it comes to this sort of thing. But it's one of those where, at least in the immediateness, or at least like right at the moment, you got to come up with some answers, man. Yeah, yeah, and they better be the right ones as well. Of course, that's that that helps. It's one of those things where, if you're in it, then you have to kind of be like all in. Or there's one of those, yeah, it's it's another case of you're either all in or you ain't. Easy whiz or easy ain't serious, basically. Oh, just quickly, I've been meaning to ask you this for a hundred times, right? Do you know? Um, on uh so tom and jerry right that's exactly what reminded me of it so th- there's a period in tom and jerry where it looks super weird and the the, the, the animation is is in the the, the animation it is went diff- from fred quimby to chuck jones so like from the 40s to the 50s chuck jones ones is no good man chuck jones is not the, not Chris a good really like the chris the chuck jones ones no i like the the, the original the ones, yeah I, I i'm i'm fred quimby i'm fred quimby I think with, yeah, because I think what Chris was saying, and yeah, shout out, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. We ain't forgotten about you, dude. You were great when you was on the podcast, and we will appreciate those early few um, episodes. But no, Chris was a big fan of the Tom and Jerry, Chuck Jones era, because obviously it was all about experimenting. It was very out there, and it was very Yeah, it was weird. It It was significantly different from the Fred Quimby, the classic... Very, very, very different, yeah. There is, like, two errors. You've got the Fred Quimby, Hannah Barbera, plus you've got the, the, the Chuck Jones and the 60s and the 70s and the experimentation. But, yeah, that was... Um... Oh, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because um, basically we've got a ton of these saved on the um, Skybox and I don't like the Chuck Jones ones. They, they're actually hard to watch for me. But the other ones, like you said, that's why you is you is or is you ain't, right? Like, so I had that in my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. So then, obviously, he's talking to his friend Nick about all of those things, and obviously, he's like, you know what? And he's like, it's like he was like to her, look. I thought I was being honest. 
I'm not committed. I'm not serious, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, look, don't worry. She's going to come running back. And Shelly's hating the fact that her friends are worrying about her. She just wants to go to the club and dance. Donovan is talking to Nick about having feelings for Rita. Rita and Jane are still worried about Shelly. And the shipment of clothes are ruined. So instead of saying diva, it says beaver. But then obviously she fixes it. And then Shelly finally lashes out at a mannequin. And Janie is going to see JT. And and basically saying that he should call her. And she's basically forcing him to do it. Then Nick is talking to Rita. And she admits that she's got feelings for Donovan. Shelly and JT agree to talk. And they're talking about communicating and compromise. And obviously Shelly appreciates that her friends are there for her. And it's been difficult. Nick and JT are basically saying to Donovan, look, you need to man up. And you need to ask Rita out. Obviously, you know, the the, 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 the lads pep talk. You know, you got to go for it, as we were talking about earlier on. And Shelly and JT meet at the club. Friends are basically all listening and they're like eagerly waiting to see what happens. JT wants, obviously, and JT's like basically listing all of the faults of Shelly. So he's like, look, I want you to cut back on hours at her work. You should stay at home more and stop wearing short skirts. And obviously Shelly's like, what about you then? Obviously he goes, oh, I don't really have any flaws. And so she's like, yeah, whatever. You can basically do one. And obviously he's like, whoa, where are you going? There's a shortage of good black men. We are an endangered species. And then obviously she's like, oh, well, if you find a good one, well, then let me know. And just basically <laughs> walks off. Yeah, both. And then obviously they both want to be the one to say that you're dumped. So they're like, oh, you're dumped. No, 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 no. I said it first. I said it first. <laughs> and he's walking out and he's like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. And he tries to walk out and they're basically like running out of the door. Like, I'm going to get the last word. And other things that happen in uh, season two. Uh, Rita is bankrupt and she moves in with Janie to save some money. She also begins a relationship with Donovan. And Janie becomes annoyed with Rita. And Rita is persuading JT and Nick to let her stay with them instead. Shelly finds herself attractive to a younger man and JT becomes jealous, realizing that he is in love with her. And in the season finale, both men propose to Shelly. And at the same time, Donovan's application for residency is rejected and the friends prepare for his return to England. And then I watched the finale, which was Daughter Don't Preach. And yeah, so quick summary at the premiere so yeah Shelly accepts JT's marriage proposal Donovan gets a work visa after finding a job selling makeup products for a British company Shelly and JT break up once again resolving to remain just friends and then JT's trying to pursue a career in medicine and enrolls in the Miami State Medical School he finds out that college is more difficult than he expected and struggles with his classes and finances during the spring, Rita and Donovan rekindle their relationship and then she buys her own apartment. And yeah, in the season finale. So Rita is nervous about using Botox on a customer. Janie puts a stop to it, thinking that it's drugs. But And then she says that, look, this is illegal and unethical and she's not convinced. And then obviously Rita's like, I'm charging £500 a head for this stuff. And there's like a whole bunch of people in the store. It's like, you want a cut? All right, then, say no more. Shelly's mum is pregnant, and obviously Shelly's not happy about it. And basically, Donovan was like, I think, a producer, and he uses his music, and his music's being used by someone. 
and obviously Shelly's like, oh my God, you're so lucky. How did you even get there? And then obviously as a wink, wink, Donovan's like to Shelly, yeah, well, what do you know about rap music? Huh? <laughs> wink, wink. And yeah, Nick is seeing a woman. Basically, he's seeing a woman, but she's married. And JT's concerned. And obviously Nick's like, look, I'm going to give Lynn, that was her name, an ultimatum that you have to leave your man and be with me instead. Shelly's basically telling her mum that she's not happy about her being pregnant. And but obviously Shelly's mum's like, look, your father is different. And so her father, Yusuf, walks in and obviously he doesn't know about the pregnancy. And Shelly thinks that Yusuf is a loser. And and she's like, look, he's going to be a loser and he's going to want to get away as quickly as possible. JT and Chris spot Nick's girlfriend's husband, Jamal. And he's like a, a big guy. And he is in Family Matters. He plays Eddie, Eddie Winslow. He plays Eddie Winslow in Family Matters. And he was the brother of Laura. And so, yeah. And so JT and Chris, they spot him and they're trying to stall him. And obviously he's like, oh, give me some, um, oh, what, is, what does he want? Like some, ex- he wants some like extra food for his uh, dinner or whatever. He's going home to surprise his wife. Shelly gets a call from a Botox company and obviously she's like, what's going on? Why is the Botox company calling me? And then obviously Rita's like, we don't know what's going on. And Chris is stalling Jamal and JT gets to Lynn's house. And obviously he's like, you need to run because he's coming. But then Nick and Jamal have to hide because Jamal comes to the house. Donovan is giving Botox a try, but the police are here and basically everybody gets arrested. Shelly's parents announce that they're getting married and they're going to raise a child. And obviously Shelly's furious. She's like, look, I would never give you a blessing. I won't be at the wedding. This is some bull jive. Y'all ain't going to make it work no matter what. And then they're hiding in the closet. And Jamal is walking to the closet where Nick and JT are hiding. And it ends. So the whole series ends in a cliffhanger, which I thought was pretty cool. And yes, that was. That was the end of it. Yes, that was Eve. It was pretty good, man. Like, like I said, we didn't. Wa- I didn't watch one bad show this weekend. So, sorry, this week. So, absolutely. So, do you want to let's rank these epi- Let's rank these shows from three down to one. So, three was Eve for me. Probably, maybe because I did, I watched the least of it. Um, so, uh, out all night for me was second, and they were pretty close to be fair. But out in front for me was Wonder at Large. I think that was head and shoulders above the rest today. It made me laugh out loud. Um, yeah, it was just it was in a different different class. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to say Out All Night at third. I thought it was the show that had the less moving parts, but again, it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. It wasn't like something to like kind of pick on and kind of like throw sticks at. But it was still a good show. Number two was Eve, and yeah, one Wonder at Large was definitely the the the. the the show that stood out for me it was funny it was hilarious it was all of those things i thoroughly enjoyed watching but yeah i thoroughly enjoyed watching all three of these shows actually no no me too like i said i I was not clock watching this week um every show is pretty good um and like i said it's just really good that we get to do black history month twice twice a year because otherwise these shows we just wouldn't ever find them in you know in the millions of shows that are out there Absolutely. And uh, yeah, on that note, we'll bring it to an end. And yeah, next week is already the last episode wow. of Black History Goes Month. so fast. Yeah, time is just 
completely gone. So, uh, yeah, next week will be the last. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some good stuff for you. So, yeah, Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. We're available on all the podcast platforms. And episodes will drop every Friday or Saturday. So make sure your notifications are on so that you can receive new episodes all the time. We're available on the socials. On Instagram, it's Yesterday's Capers 1. On Twitter, Yesterday Capers. YouTube.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. Facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. You can find me on the socials on Instagram, Abdullah underscore Molim. On Twitter, Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler, give me a shout, and join us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.